Today on Make Impact, we have Madison Lawson. Madison is a journalist, podcast host, fashion lover, and has two rare forms of muscular dystrophy. Tune in to hear more from Maddie as she informs the misinformed, embraces her community, and advocates for greater awareness. From Make Films, you're listening to Make Impact, a podcast about creative problem solving and the leaders who are changing their industries for the better. Here's your host, filmmaker and entrepreneur, Derek Diener. Thank you, Maddie, for coming on the podcast this morning. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you and find out your story and the things that you're doing to make an impact in your world. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, you know, what we like to do is start with rapid fire questions so our listeners can get to know you and, you know, get a little bit of insight of who you are right away. Is that okay to start with that? Yeah, sounds good. Great. So start with where are you originally from and where do you live now? So I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and that's where I currently reside. Um, But I'm in the process of moving to Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Congratulations. That's cool. Thank you. Um, And then what is your favorite uh, movie or book character? Um, so... Oh, that's a that's a hard one. I know. So many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, my favorite movie. Hmm. There is a movie called The Fundamentals of Caring. Okay. And it is about a man that has Down syndrome. Well, he's a teenager. Um, and it kind of shows the sarcastic, funny side of disability that I feel mm. like a lot of narratives tend to leave out um, in media with people with disabilities it's super funny and it just shows the relationship that the personal assistant and this kid have and it's really funny um so yeah definitely probably him just because that was really the first time in media that I I mean although this person doesn't actually have a disability so that was kind of disappointing um so it wasn't authentic representation but it was the first time that I really remember seeing a character in film and being like yep that's me. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'll have to check that movie out. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. Is it? Okay. All right. Great. And, and then the last uh, question is obviously in, in the COVID world right now we live in, this is a tough thing, but thinking about the future, if you could go anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would you go? Oh, if I could go anywhere in the world, my heart always lives in New York city. It's hmm. um, my favorite favorite place I went there for fashion week I've been there a few times and um it's just every single time it's evident why it's called the city that never sleeps there's no time to do that there um there's so much to do it's so fast-paced and there's not really time to sit around and contemplate when something goes wrong you just have to keep going get to the next thing and I just I love life like that I I think I wish I could live every day like that (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's interesting. What what brings you? Uh, what's bringing you out to LA? If you don't mind me asking. So I actually originally wanted to live in New York City. Um, that's always been the plan since I was like small child. Yeah. And um, I've been there during the winter, and um, like I just have really bad arthritis, and um, just winters throughout the years have just gotten harder and harder on my bones, mm. and um, so like. The stubborn part of me that I I don't want to like, you know, let my body determine where I go. But at the same time, like, 
I know that if I go somewhere that I'm going to be uncomfortable all the time, that I'm going to not be able to do as much. Yeah, and um, so I just want to go somewhere. It's, it's basically warm New York is how yeah. No, yeah. I think of it. No, that's great. <laughs> I yeah. can still do like fashion and um, advocacy work there and um, everything that I wanted to do in New York. I could still do there, but I can be warm and hopefully tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'd love to just jump right in. I mean, if you could just share with me your story, I'd love to hear um, your story, kind of what led you to, to where you're at now and, and talk to me about that. Yeah. So ever since I was very young, I've always loved um, dress up. Like dress up was just the game I never stopped playing. Yeah. I love the way that when you put on an outfit or put on even like a lipstick, um, and look at yourself in the mirror, it completely can change the way that you feel about the day, it completely can paint the way you feel about yourself um, and the way that you carry yourself. And something that I noticed from a young age was also the way that dressing affected how people interacted with me. Hmm. Um, whenever I would go in public dressed up and feeling myself, people would come up to me and ask, oh, where'd you get that lipstick? Or hmm. where's your dress from? Or how how did you do your eyeshadow like that? And questions like that versus going out in public and people, you know, seeing my wheelchair and feeling bad for me or asking like, what's wrong with you? And questions like that. Like I never understood when I was little, why the phrasing of like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like was like a hurtful kind of question. Mm -hmm. I don't mind people being curious and stuff like that, but it was just the mindset that if you see something visibly different about somebody that, people automatically assume that that's wrong and incorrect. So I, I experienced a lot of um, just like misconceptions that people had about who I was growing up having a disability. Um, I have a form of muscular dystrophy that causes my muscles throughout my body to gradually weaken over time. Okay. And so when I was little, I could walk, but it was more of like a waddle. I, my mom said I looked like a little penguin when I was little, oh. but um but I never thought of myself as, you know, people always think of disability and think like, oh, that, that must be such a different life and so, so hard. And sorry if you, my little sister's getting ready for someone. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> you know, people have this idea that when you have a disability, the hardest part of your day must be getting out of bed in the morning. And, you know, it must be so hard to just do like little things like that. But for me, like, this is really the only life I've ever known. And even though it's changed over time with my abilities, you just learn how to adapt to your body and you learn how to, how to do things. And if the hardest part of my day was the fact that I can't walk, I would be in immaculate shape. The hard part of disability is truly, you know, just when the world doesn't meet your access needs, when the world is designed yeah. without you in mind. And constantly being an afterthought instead of you know people thinking of what if a person in a wheelchair wants to come here yeah. um, and so I realized that a big part of that is just kind of people are misinformed about what disability means generally hmm. and the more that people know the more that they are willing to fight with you instead of having to fight all those little fights on your own and um so I realized that I could either just be upset that everybody's misinformed or I could inform them. And I always wanted to see somebody in media that looks like me. And 
for a really long time, that didn't really happen. I, you know, you never see somebody in a wheelchair as the main character in a show. You never mm. see, you know, especially as like the love interest or like anything like that. And so, you know, growing up, learning how to accept myself, how to accept my body and who, who I am and like all the parts of my identity involving disability. It was, it was hard because it felt like, you know, I had to kind of paint that for myself. And so I ended up going to school for journalism. Um, I went to the university of Missouri Mm -hmm. and I graduated last December thankfully before COVID I can't even imagine doing school through this yeah I know Uh, after some very long discussions with my doctors and my team um, they they've wanted me to not go to New York for a while they've just been like that's a terrible idea but I'm very stubborn and I they know if I want to do something I'm going to figure out a way to do it and so eventually we just compromised on LA and um I've been more serious about kind of pursuing modeling and stuff like that. That's something that I want to do out there as well. And also just, you know, my whole mission and goal in life is just to inform the misinformed. Um, That was why I went into journalism, Um, just learning how to engage with audiences in a way that, you know, the only way that people can learn about disability is from sources that actually have them. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the reporting that's been done on disability has been done by people who are not disabled and mm. you can never really get the full story um, from that. And so um, that's why I started doing that. And I ended up sharing my story a lot on Instagram and making connections with girls around the world that have similar disabilities or even Mm. non-disabled girls um finding those connections and um it's been really cool to just see how you know I can be complete on the different an opposite side of the world as somebody but so much of our lives is similar and um it's similar issues that we we both fight and so it's it made something that felt so isolating growing up feel more universal and um definitely kind of lit the fire in me to keep that fight going on days that I feel like I can't and um yeah that's where I'm at now (laughs) yeah what a story man well thank you for sharing was it hard like the first time that you decided to like go out and share your story in public was that a hard step for you putting yourself out there I think um definitely middle school was like Mm. that was kind of when I started being more active on social media um I feel really lucky to grow up in the age of social media Mm -hmm. um just when like Instagram and all that was getting popular just because it was really the first time that I controlled the way that someone looked at me and I you know in real life you can't do that like people would see me at school and they'd take one look at me and they would decide they knew everything Mm. and decide that you know, oh, like people with disabilities are like this. So you're probably like that. So for me, it felt like something that gave me the ability to control the narrative. And it was scarier not to share it, Mm. I think, just because I'm like, you know, what do I have to lose? They already have all this, like all these ideas about me that aren't true. And so I might as well just, you know, crack a few jokes and, um, you know, get to show a side of my personality that 
they don't, you know, you don't always get to see if you don't look at somebody with a disability close up. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. What are a few of the misconceptions that people have about people with disabilities that you'd want to share with our listeners? And I'd love to, to know what you think about that. Yeah, so people have a lot of misconceptions that, you know, life with a disability is really sad and that, you know, it's they're really proud of you for getting out of bed in the morning and Mm -hmm. they congratulate you for being in public and just stuff that, you know, they, the bar for what people assume people with disabilities are capable of is just on the floor. People, people just think that you can't do anything in your life must be over. And that couldn't be further from the truth. People with disabilities make up the only minority that literally anybody could become a part of at any point in your life. It's just odd that people assume that you can't really do much because, um, you know, it's any group of people can be impacted mm-hmm. by disability. And um, so, yeah, it's just I think people people look at you and I think they think of, oh, like, what would I be like if I was in that situation? And they're comparing that to a life that they're used to and assuming that, you know, it, it must be bad if it's not the way that I live, but they don't think about it in terms of, oh, like maybe that's the only life that person's ever known. They don't think about the after. When you get a disability, it could be, you know, a temporary disability. It could be a permanent disability. It could be anything over yeah. time. Yeah. And I think people kind of don't assume resilience. They assume like pity. You know, you have to be kind of twice as good to get seen as half as equal as other people. I don't know. Another thing, like growing up, people often assume that because I had a physical disability that I also had an intellectual disability. Oh, yeah. And that was something that was, now it wouldn't bother me because I mean, you know, that's, I just know people are, that's just not a smart way of thinking um, (laughs) about disability. But when I was younger, it used to really bother me because I was in all AP classes and I was a straight A student 4.0 and still had to deal with all of these, you know, people constantly talking down to me, talking to me like I was a baby, um, things like that, that were just so, so frustrating at the time. But now I, now I know how to deal with them. Now I know how to, you know, how to come back. But yeah, that was definitely something that was frustrating growing up. When if someone's listening and they have and they have a disability or a family member has a disability that is struggling with how do you deal with those things? I mean, do you, do you have any things that helped you along the way or that you can give any advice of, of like how to communicate those things that you're just talking about, the frustrations or how, how to deal with that? My biggest advice is um, embrace your community. They, we're the biggest minority in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, embrace it, look for support. It's out there. Any social media site, there's support groups, there's, you know, just different accounts that people share their journeys and watch those. Because when you look at somebody that looks like you and see them succeeding, it makes you more likely to feel like you can succeed. And it makes the world of difference to see somebody who looks like you just doing even just like 
normal everyday things, you know, sharing funny, frustrating things that happen to them. You know, it just, it makes you feel less alone. It makes you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one that has to deal with this. And, you know, there's so many great books by activists and just like learning disabled history is also super important. I think just to see how badass we've been consistently throughout history. Um, You know, people often look at people who have disabilities and think, oh, wow, like you're so brave, which is a compliment that a lot of us, you know, feel icky about. So we're just like, eh, I wouldn't really (laughs) think of myself as brave. But I think something you should note disabled people for is our stubbornness. Mm. Um, There's a quote that's, you don't know how brave you are until being brave is the only choice that you have. Mm. But for disabled people, you don't know how stubborn you are until being stubborn is the only choice that you have. Because, you know, if you allow people to tell you no, things are going to be a lot harder to accomplish. But you're going to be told no. You're going to be told that's too hard. We don't have to do that. Know your rights. Know things that, you know, you should have access to the same things that everybody else has access to. And um, so it's important to know those things and just, you know, watch other badass disabled people living their best life, doing the things that you want to do, because you can do it as long as you just figure out a way to do it. A lot of you have probably heard of audible.com. I've used audible for the past seven years. I've read over 80 books. I actually learned from a friend if I've been listening to books 30% faster. So I do the, use the 1.3 times faster and it's just a way to kind of get books faster with my efficiency brain, but it, it helps me, you know, it's amazing. I, I love to stay connected, informed, uh, and inspired by audible.com. So you can sign up for your free 30 day trial of audible premium plus at audibletrial.com slash make impact. That's audibletrial.com slash make impact. Happy listening. I think it brings great insight and empathy to me to hear your story because it, it's hard to know, you know, uh, how to talk. If like when I, when I actually a couple years ago I went through cancer and I, I, you know, people when they found out they were afraid to like talk to me about it. Cause, and I was I was always like, just ask me about the cancer. Like I don't I don't mind. Like let's like take the elephant out of the room in a way and just like have a conversation about it. Um, and I was, as I was listening to some of your, your podcasts and, and different things too, I mean, you, you mentioned in one of them about how kids would just kind of talk to you very bluntly about, Hey, you're, you're in a wheelchair. What's going on? Like, and, and not like, and, and adults kind of like can just tiptoe around things and, and not be real or be honest. And it can come across as, um, because they're like not sure how to talk about, talk about things to, to you or to people that are disabled, it can come across as like condescending or come across as rude. And, and I think it's like having these conversations together and you doing the work that you're doing educates, educates people to say like, this is how I would prefer. I mean, saying that I'm brave is not necessarily something that I love to hear, like you're saying, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to speak to, about what I just said in terms of like, you're totally open to having this conversation with people, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's something like, that's like, that's different for every person. Yeah, that's Um, true though. Yeah, that's true. For for me, like, I don't mind being asked about my disability. I would rather, especially like with kids, I think most people don't mind just because like kids are so honest and Mm -hmm. just like, they just say what they think. 
And I love that because I feel like um, adults often, they don't even know how to talk to me, which is all, it's also kind of funny, like watching them squirm. They're just like, I don't know what to call you, or I don't know, like, uh, and then like, you can directly tell them, like, you can say disabled, like that's Mm -hmm. like, say disabled, I'd rather you say that. And they're just like, oh no, like your special needs. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not. That's not better. Like, that's, yeah. no, just just say disabled. It's not a bad thing to be disabled. And I think that in itself, like, speaks volumes of, you know, the way that they look at disability. And even if, yeah. like, consciously they don't think, I think down on people with disabilities, that concept of I can't think of you as disabled is kind of admitting that I don't think of disabled people as equal. Hmm. And I think just, like, having those conversations is important. I used to get irritated when people would say stuff to me in public and just like not really say anything. Cause I know that like people just don't know how to talk about it. And yeah. like, that's honestly, I don't want to make someone feel like, you know, bad for not knowing, but I realized I'm like, okay, if I don't say anything, then I'm complacent in their ignorance and I'm mm-hmm. allowing them to think that's a fine thing to say to somebody and that's a fine way to interact with somebody that has a disability when this could be a learning opportunity it might make them feel a little bit uncomfortable but they're going to be less likely to do that to another disabled person in the future so I don't know I think just being open to having those uncomfortable conversations which shouldn't really be uncomfortable I always say like it's only weird if you make it weird yeah um yeah so and and yeah like I just think people People have this tendency to avoid things that they think cause pain or Mm. avoid things that are awkward or uncomfortable. But it's so strange to me because pain is the most universal experience there is, but it's the least talked about. Mm. And I just think people need to realize, like, think about it in terms of like, you know, that could be me and don't otherize people, you know? Even yeah. like, like you going through cancer, like, you know, I bet you never thought in a million years, like, oh, I'm going to have cancer. Like that's no, no. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's interesting how we, how we, um, I don't know, like the, the power we give to certain words, you know, as well. And the, and the, the connection and the connotation and, um, but, but I think it's good for, for you to say, Hey, it's okay to say disabled. That's not a negative thing. Uh, cause you know, people that aren't disabled don't, yeah, like you said, don't know how to talk about it and they can, that is a strange, strange study or a strange thing to think about how we don't like to talk about pain, obviously, because it makes it, makes it uncomfortable, makes it feel painful, but yet that's like a big part of humanity. So we need to kind of connect to that and connect in that and discuss those challenges. It's kind of a, a huge step in relationships when you're able to friendships and all those things, we're able to kind of openly discuss the pains that you're dealing with, you know, and because we all have, I realized going through my health journey that like, like everybody has their, a story that everybody has a, a challenge you're going through, you know, and we always, we can internalize, like if I'm talking to you and you seem, you know, just if we're just meeting anywhere and you seem frustrated with me for whatever reason, I can think, well, what well, did I do wrong? You're mad at me, you know, you're all these things. I don't know that like maybe that morning you got into an argument with a parent or with a friend and you're still trying to kind of 
wrap things or, you know, get it through your brain at that moment. And then when I see you, you're like upset. And instead of me saying, you like, what's going on? Let's talk about, you know, your pain or what's happening. I, I think to myself, oh man, she's, she's mad at me. Like, what did I just do? And I'm, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing that the, the, the stories we tell ourselves about other people, you know? Yeah. And I think that we also like, we internalize so much and like kind of blame it on ourselves constantly. Like we think, yes. And it's, it's funny because it's like, it's kind of like narcissistic in a way to like think about stuff like that. Cause it's like, Oh, everything that's happening around <laughs> me is because of me when everybody is carrying their own struggles and their own thing. And that's, I don't know. That's why I think it's just important to be willing to have conversations about pain and stuff like that just because like it is even if we all experience pain in different ways Mm -hmm. um I think it's important to be able to be honest that we experience it just because I think more than anything that brings us closer together and kind of bridges the gaps between us Mm -hmm. and I don't think people people don't want to talk about their weaknesses or the things that um make them upset but I don't know. I think that it can make the world honestly a better place if we did, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I have a, no, that's, that's very true. Not, not to jump too fast for what you just said, cause it's very true. And I, I, I did hear a quote that said something to the effect of like, you know, when you're young, you're just so like worried about what everybody thinks of you. And then when you get older, you realize they weren't ever thinking about you, you know? And it's, it's kind of true. It's like, we're so stuck in that moment. You know, it's, 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 it's like, I'm laughing about it now because I've dealt with it a lot of my life and cause I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm more, I have a lot of empathy. I feel like in terms of how other people feel and I've always dealt with that more and looking back, I'm like, it was painful moments, you know, but why did I, why did I like dig so far into that? You know? Yeah. And moments that, especially like stuff that I think when you're in like high school or younger yeah. and like the worst day ever is like nothing like in comparison to late not saying like life gets worse but like no but it's different yeah you're right yeah like the littlest things can like ruin your day when you look at it from when you're looking up close um so kind of wrapping a little bit with the this final kind of thought and question for you um you mentioned in the beginning that uh, you know, traveling, you know, going to LA and kind of pursuing fashion and making the kind of making an impact in that, in that world. Like what, um, you know, how do you want to make an impact and continue to do that in the fashion industry? Would you say? So I, the most important thing to me in fashion is I want a little girl who looks like me to pick up a magazine one day or to, you know, be like, like not, see a person with a disability as like, oh, this is the only photo I'm ever going to see. Mm. I want that to be, I want disability not to be tokenized in the media. I want it to be normal. I don't, looking at headlines when I was going through school and everything um, and growing up, just like there's so many cringy, um, Mm. cringy things in the way that disability is reported on where they make novelty of nothing. You know, a woman in a wheelchair being in a beauty pageant or whatever, that's not a story. That's not really a story. And I think that people tend to otherize disability so much that they they just make it something completely 
taboo and weird but it's literally like so relatable for a lot of people and mm-hmm. it, I don't understand why they have to otherize it so much and so I just want to change the way that people think about disability entirely I want to see more people with disabilities being thought of in all ways of life I want them to be thought of as beautiful and sexy and you know, all the ways that everybody else gets to naturally exist. I don't want it to be, you know, a one one time, oh, we have one disabled model. I want to see lots of disabled models. I want to see mm. intersectionality within the, uh, within the fashion industry. And I think there's, they're making really important strides in recent years, which is awesome, but they're still so so much to do and yeah. so much work to be done but it's awesome to see so many incredible activists pushing that needle forward and on the runway on the cover of magazines yeah. so yeah i just want to continue sharing those stories and um, amplifying voices and just pushing the disabled experience so that more people can be educated and not think of disability as you know something that can never touch their lives yeah that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to follow your career and see kind of the journey. And it's exciting that you're so kind of open with your journey on social media too. So all of our listeners can follow along. Can you share with us where can, where can we find you on social media? And you you also have a podcast, so share, share any information like that. would be great. Yeah. So um, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is wheelchair Barbie. And then my podcast is the obvious question, which you can find on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. um, Stitcher, you know, um, anywhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, my podcast, just, I share all the things that you want to know about disability and probably some stuff you didn't want to know. <laughs> um, and just the funny, um, situations that, you know, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you feel all the feelings. Um, and I've got some pretty kick-ass guests on there. Uh, we talk about like love, sex, and dating, um, which yeah, I know Curious George out there, you guys want to know about that. <laughs> um, that's like the number one question. Like that's the most questions I get asked about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so you guys can check that out. And I update my Instagram pretty much constantly. I'm a little addicted to that. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's, that's great. I appreciate that. And, and, um, thank you for being an inspiration and thank you for, you know, talking about the, some of the taboo things that people don't want to talk about within the disability world. And I'm excited to, like I said, follow your career and see, um, all the exciting things that you'll be doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to meet you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Impact. Follow our journey on Instagram at Make Impact Podcast. Make Impact is hosted by Derek Diener, written by Letitia Kreider, and produced by Letitia Kreider and Grace Wagner. Aaron Diener and Seth Bortner edit the episodes, and Lisbeth Byler is our marketing manager. Make Impact is brought to you by Make Films, a team of filmmakers producing meaningful content to inspire and motivate. Learn more at makefilms.cc. Until next time, be kind to one another and make an impact.